Who gave me permission to do this? <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes we're gonna laugh and sometimes we're gonna cry. That's just the way it goes. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast for everyone and anyone who is seeking their purpose, who wants to change but might feel stuck. Our title is a perfect example of why you should not judge a book by its cover. Jackie aims to help everyone, not just females. Learn to dig deep into yourself in every episode and get real with what you need as we figure out exactly what that is. Whether it's a relationship or a career, we as individuals make stupid mistakes, although our wiser higher self always knew better. We must get to a place where we can accept our stupid and move forward into our wise. Here is your host, Jackie Minsky. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast. If you are new, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're with me for a while, thank you so, so much for coming back. On today's show, we have Dr. Susan Harrison. Dr. Susan Harrison is a confidence and stress management coach. Susan, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Okay, I have to say that I am great because... (laughs) You're interviewing me. I listen to your podcast and I hear you and I now I'm starting to hear you in my head. And and the fact that I'm on here, I'm just I'm really excited about it. So thank you. I'm I am doing great. <laughs> I know that you and I connected um before the podcast and I just love your energy. If you could just tell everybody a little bit about your history and how, you know, how you came to be a confidence and stretch management, stress management coach. So, so what happened with me is I got into this really dark place. I got married and my confidence went way down. And that's because I kind of lost myself in the marriage. And so that is, that's a separate story. But when we actually said, I do, he had a girlfriend and I found out about that a couple months after we got married. And so that it kind of started off where everything that I did was just to please him and make myself good enough so he would not want to leave. Just got in this deep, dark place. And I, I got to the point where I started realizing I, I don't want to live like this anymore. And it took a little bit of time, but I just I discovered, okay. Uh, what can I do to pull myself out of that? And these are the kind of things that I, I teach women. And I just, I just started doing these things and started pulling myself up. And I actually made the decision. And once I started doing this healing, I started realizing, oh my gosh, I've got so many tips and techniques that I want to help others. So when, when the trauma started, you know, um, and this is, and if you're a listener, you know, we all go through trauma. I myself went through trauma. This is why I was so called and pulled to have you on the show, because as women, especially we are conditioned, um, from a very young age for many generations that we should be married. We need to be married and we should be responsible for making the marriage work. If for some reason it's falling apart, it's almost like we are responsible. And that's a very, very heavy thing for females to carry that we're responsible to create the perfect picture, especially if there are children involved. And that's, I, I, I love when women step into their power and are able to say, my children will see me happy when they see me standing in my power, whether that means I'm with the father or not. So Mm -hmm. in terms of trauma, I think 
you stepping out of the situation is super brave. And I honor you for that. And any, anyone listening that's ever overcome trauma, especially within a relationship, but are there any techniques that we can discuss? Maybe, you know, the, the, the beginning stages, what does it look like when someone's in the trauma? It's fresh. It just happened. What are some of the baby steps? That is a really good question. And also thank you so much for that comment and and that appreciation of, of my bravery. And I appreciate that because I think a lot of women don't see themselves as brave, but whenever you are changing your life and you have made a decision to come out of trauma, it, it, it really is brave. And so I would say that the number one thing that you do is you make a decision. You make the decision that this is not going to define me. I am not going to be, I refuse, and this is me talking and I hope it's, it's your audience as well. I refuse to be that 70, 80, 90, (laughs) uh, 50, (laughs) five-year-old woman who is bitter and can't get over what happened to her. Now, when I say get over, I don't mean, ah, get over it. It was no big deal. I mean, move on, be in a positive place and not let it control your life. So number one thing that they can do is make that decision. Now, here's the trick with that. You've got to make that decision over and over again. You've got to make it when you're, when you're really, when it's really fresh, you don't just make it every day. You make it in those moments when it really starts to get to you and you say, no, uh-uh, I refuse. I am making this decision. I refuse to be a bitter person. I'm not going to do that. And I, I'm really big on moment to moment living when things are really stressful. When things are really stressful, you have to think right this second, what can I do? Yes, we want to be future focused, but, but when you're really healing and you're in that hard, hard, hard spot, you've got to think, okay, right now, right now, am I okay? And I generally get people to do things like, Um, do I have a roof over my head? Do I have someone that loves me? Do I have food in the cab cabinet? I mean, things like that, just very, very basic. And we go from there. There's, I I want everyone to be specifically thankful, but for small things, but we just start, are you okay right now? And so then after you make that decision and while you're making that decision continually, you create what I call a resilience plan. And you write down things that you know would help you to get to that next level. And that's why daily coaching, whoever you get it from, it doesn't have to be me, obviously, but uh, daily coaching is such a big deal because when we're really struggling, we need that, that daily touch. And so making that list of things, and we also need it really personalized because what might work for me may not work for you, but I do have some more tips. Would you like me to just get to the next one? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. If you, if you have more tips to share, that would be great. Okay. I think, I think, and I love what you said um, that it's very important to the small wins, right? Like in, in today, are you okay today? Because a lot of the times I think when someone's going through trauma, they feel like, how did I get here? And how's my future going to look instead of saying, I got here and I need to make sure I'm okay for right now and I can make my future better. And that's the power of words. So I really love that you had mentioned like making sure you're okay right now and taking it day by day. But yes, I would love to hear more tips. 
Great. And then you feel free to jump in at any time. So, so once you've made that decision, you continue to make that decision and you're creating this resilience plan. One of the things that I think is super important is you do things that you didn't do before. So you get a routine is very important, but one of the things when you're in this spot is to get out of your routine and it can be very simple. You know, one of the things that I did is I drove to a different part of my city and I walked around and I just was very intentional at noticing things, paying attention to people, paying attention to architecture, paying attention to, oh, this particular kind of brick, this looks really cool, or this picture's cool, or I wonder what those people are doing today. <laughs> I mean, just just getting out and seeing a different part of where you live um, it can be something, but it's just anything to get out of your routine. If you normally get up at, at, you know, seven and you eat breakfast and you get your coffee and you whatever, why don't you take a walk first? And when it's really cold, maybe you just open up the door and you stand there for 10 seconds, count down to 10. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Get out of your routine. I, I've helped a lot of women who have actually been just more stuck in their house. And this is even before the pandemic where they didn't want to get out. They didn't want to do anything different. And then you get really stuck. So do something different outside of your team. And that's powerful. You said that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. It's called um, breaking your patterns, right? So if you want to become a different or better version of yourself, then in the tiny moments, you have to start with different ways of programming. So just like you said, if you take the same road home when you drive, if you maybe take a longer route, or maybe you go just as you did, go somewhere and walk around. If you try something different, you're expanding your mind into new possibilities, new forms of conditioning. So that's super, super powerful. And I love that you did that. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about the confidence side of infidelity, because I know that once we overcome the trauma and we do our best to heal, there's a big part of confidence that is really hard to heal in the trauma. So now it's double the trauma in the infidelity because you can have a trauma, but it doesn't have to be confidence related. But when it's infidelity specifically, it's a double trauma because now something traumatic stopped and broke a pattern in your life. Your life was going a certain way and all of a sudden it stopped. And now on top of that, you're dealing with confidence issues. So how did you, or how do you, you know, recommend building up your confidence when it seems as though it can feel low after something such as infidelity? Mm -hmm. You know, I'll put in here that one of the things for me that, that made it even a little bit more challenging personally is that we actually had a house two doors down from my ex's best friend. And so he would text him every day to tell my ex who came to the house, how long they stayed, uh, when I left, um, in anything to report on. And so I felt like I was a prisoner in my own home. And that was something that just kind of pulled me down more. I felt a lot of freedom when I got out of that space. And so I think that that was a really big thing for me, but I know that I did not feel good enough and I hear this over and over. And so it's a big thing that I talk about and that I teach people on because women 
whatever we've been through, we end up not feeling like we are good enough, that we matter. And so for me, I had to, I had to put effort into that, into thinking, no, I am good enough. And kind of proving that to myself by getting uncomfortable, doing these challenges. Um, So getting uncomfortable is one of the things that I used to build myself up a little bit and to realize that I did have confidence. And Okay, so one thing, and I'm probably interrupting myself, but... (laughs) No, you're doing great. You're doing great. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) One thing is, is that I I also made up this. I call uh, the, not also, the thing that I talked about earlier, situational confidence. I realized... Like, ooh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I realized that... I was confident in certain areas of my life, even when I went through this. So I thought, since I am confident in certain areas, what I need to do is I need to move that to other areas. I need to take however I felt that he pulled me down and how I allowed him to pull me down. That's important to know too. Oh, I love the power of the words you just used. He allowed me. And we'll get into that, but keep going. That was powerful. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I realized, okay, I, I am I am situationally confident when I am out with friends and I'm doing things. And but yet I'm not confident if I'm in my own house or it, it, re, trying to reach out and get new business or something like that. I'm not. I wasn't confident in that area. And so I thought, wait a minute, if I'm confident over here, (laughs) then I've got it. (laughs) I have confidence. I just need to move it and use it and spread it out. (laughs) And so I just started, I I started thinking about it. Okay. Why am I good enough? You know what? It's not about what you do. It's not about what you say. It's, it's that you are you. I am me, therefore I'm good enough. <laughs> I think, therefore I am, right? <laughs> I believe Descartes said that. I think, therefore I am. I am good enough simply because I am, simply because I'm a person. You know, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you have done, no matter what people have said about you, no matter what you've said about yourself, it doesn't change a darn thing about whether or not you're good enough. None of that matters. It, you know, I have a doctorate. Okay. Does that make me a better? No. Does, does someone that is a millionaire, <laughs> is someone that's a millionaire, are they better? No. Is someone poor better? No. I mean, the thing that's is, the thing, and, and that's the thing. Yeah. And I love that you're saying that because especially women, you know, think about how many times a woman has to deal with infidelity specifically, and she compares herself, let's say to the other woman. And this, um, I know people personally that have done this. And I just want to be the first one to say that you should never, and I know it's hard to say, but you should never compare yourself to another woman, especially because, um, 
And Elena Cardone says this, and I love this. If you see a woman who's thriving or maybe looks differently or looks how you may want to look, that should only inspire the queen within you to make you do the inner work. Um, that's that's a trigger. And the trigger, yes. yes. And the trigger within <laughs> you has to figure out, okay, so I shouldn't feel any envy here. I should figure out that this envy is just telling me I need to do something within myself and then I can be inspired. So I love that you said that because whether it's you're comparing yourself to a rich person, a poor person with women and infidelity and trauma specifically, there are many women, especially women listening who may feel like I have been cheated on and now I'm constantly comparing myself to the other woman. And and, you know, how did you overcome that part of the confidence and the infidelity? Well, one thing is, is that uh, it, it just came to me that it's not about her looks. It's not about her youth. It, it's about their character. That is that is why he cheated because of their low character. It had nothing to do with looks. It, 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 you know, and I can say, sure, she's prettier than me. Who cares? I don't care. I, I'm, I'm pretty enough. <laughs> and um, I, I think that for me, that was so powerful. You know, it's not about her. It, it's, it's not about her looks. It's about their character. And for me, whenever I realized that, and it just really hit me, that was huge. It was huge. Well, and yeah. And yeah. I just want to cut in because I, I love that you found the power to, to understand that because a lot of times that's the first and only thing that a woman will look at is another person's looks and they won't even understand the character, the values, the moral behind the woman um, that if you really were to look from the inside out um, is really not that um, attractive per se. So I think that's super powerful that you were able to, you know, do that. But were there any specific things that helped you realize that? Like, did you ever journal? Like, what really helped you process that understanding? Like, how did you come to that understanding that it's not so much about looks? Because I'm sure in the beginning, maybe that was the initial thought. But how did it go from it's not about what the other person looks like in this infidelity? It's more about, okay this person's characteristics. So can you take me through that process of maybe how you were able to come to that understanding? Yes. Yeah, so I have a, I have a, a different kind of technique. <laughs> here's, here's what works for me. It may work for someone out there. Alone time in the car driving. Me too. If, if I have no, I have no radio on. I have, it's just silence. I process that way. If I sit alone in my house, then it's hard for me to just process because I want to be moving. I want to be doing something. And so for me, I, I started making these longer, these longer trips. And as I would drive, I would just be processing and thinking of all of these things. And then that's how, that's how a lot of my great thinking about myself and which changed into my coaching. That's how it came to be because I just needed that time to process and to really think about things. And I know that there's this exercise where 
and it did help me, but, but where you take whatever you're feeling and you write it down, you know, you could say, I'm not good enough. And then from there you make little lines and you say, well, why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Oh, this, this, and this. And then you kind of take each one individually. So, so instead of just writing it down, I actually did that in the car and processed that and really thought about it. And it made such a huge difference in changing my mindset. And it didn't even take that long because as I would, would think of things and I would say, wait a minute, it's about the character. It's not about this, that it had nothing to do with why I was cheated on. It didn't have to do with me. It had to do with them. So that, that was kind of the transition for me. I love that. There's so many powerful things there because the fact that you were able to do that, like in your car, I mean, this is like the process of elimination when we journal, right? So when we journal, Mm -hmm. we'll break it up into two sections, like reasons why I feel this way and then how to overcome, right? So you'll write, you know, your trigger or your insecurity, and then you'll have to rewrite your story. So I love that you were able to rewrite your story. So when you rewrote your story, can you can you tell someone how you felt or how they'll feel when they know that they're almost on the other side? Because I know that in the beginning, we're doing the healing, we're doing the work. But tell me about the first day, if you can recall the first day that you woke up and you said, I'm finally getting to the other side. What does that feel like? that day? Oh, what a great question. Because as you were saying that I got the feeling, <laughs> it is, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It is, it is like, I've never actually been high except at the dentist. And that is amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend that. <laughs> My t- I just feel like the movie Hitch. I just feel super swollen. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I dance like someone in that movie, but I'm not saying who. Anyway, who the Q-tip? <laughs> Is it the Q-tip? <laughs> Was that the day that you realized <laughs> you did the Q-tip? <laughs> yes, yes, the Q-tip got me through. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, that feeling, I, it is—it's like a high. It is—it's just you—you you get this. I got this huge smile on my face, and I felt energetic, and I felt like I could conquer the world. And and I wasn't done. I wasn't done yet, healing and growing and processing. But when I realized, oh my gosh, there is this light. And it's, it's coming from me and it's, I'm, I'm coming out of it. And oh my gosh, you just, you feel so powerful and so good. And then what you have to do is, and this is a big recommendation that I have for people is you capture that kind of like, it's a Kodak moment. You, you capture that in yourself. Not that everyone will know what that means, but you know, you really capture that. And then, then you bring that feeling up later on when you're having those times and you can say, wait a minute, (laughs) what did it feel when I realized that? Oh my gosh, it felt so good. So, you know, you bring up some memory of when you had one of those wins and how you felt and you carry that over. But yes, thank you for that question because it Right. Well, because that's like the most important, you know, thing, like, you know, you can be doing all the work and then some people that day, you know, it, it doesn't come for so many people and, they get close. I feel like a lot of people get really, really close and they almost, 
kid themselves. Like this is why me personally, anytime I deal with drama, I try to avoid alcohol. I tried to, when I was younger, I avoided drugs. I, I avoided all substances. Mm-hmm. Um, I even avoided instant gratification relationships, which I want to get into because in terms of confidence, um, I feel like when we exit a relationship that can be traumatic, um, we can turn to partners in the moment because it's easier to lean on someone who may be just as broken versus really fixing what's wrong within. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so so many people don't have that opportunity to even know what that day feels like. So the reason I had asked that question is because I want people to know if you do the work, then you'll get that feeling. So that's why I wanted them to feel how you felt. So thank you so much um, for that. Um, Thank you. Uh, I wanted to add to that if you don't mind. Of course. Um, Thank you. So one of the things that we're, that you said that made me think of this is that we're not talking about the positivity. That's like the toxic positivity where, Oh no, I'm fine. Everything's great. Like all the time. And then you go home and you drink a bottle of vodka or whatever. Uh, We're not talking about that toxic positivity. We are talking about real change that lasts. And, and I also, want to commend you for saying you do the work. I mean, you have to get in there and be present. And at the same time, it, it doesn't feel like, like, um, the kind of work that is heavy and, oh my gosh, now I have to get up and journal or now I have to do that. Yes. I really think that it can be so fun as you go through this process. And one of the things that I do with my clients is I, I get them to get uncomfortable and I give them challenges every week, um, every few days, depending on the particular person, what they want, but how fast they go through these. But there is so much fun out there to be had while you are growing. So the work does not have to be something that really is, um, is something that you feel pulled down by. Oh, I love that you spoke about the journaling part of it because, and I say this all the time um, when dealing with friends or clients or just people in general, anyone listening, like when we journal, if you're journaling and you just think that there's some magic in the air that just because there's ink to paper, that's going to help you. That's not the point of journaling because Mm -hmm. that's what's going around. They think, okay, well, if I journal every day, something's going to happen. What I love to say to people is if you're journaling and you're writing a new narrative and at any point something within you doesn't believe in your new story, stop writing. Stop writing. Yes, powerful. And I love teaching this because in that moment, I tell people sit with that feeling. Start Mm -hmm. asking that feeling why it's there. You know, emotions are kind of like a third party. And I learned this from Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, Eat, Pray, Love. Um, For me, this was a life-changing book and I highly recommend. Mm. And she said in one of the book, in one of, in one of the pages in the book, she said, tonight, anger and sadness. And she named a few emotions. She said, they had come to visit me and stay with me. She didn't say that she is the emotion. She said that they are just visitors. And 
when we can talk to those emotions within ourselves and say, okay, I'm journaling right now and I'm writing that I want to manifest or I want to attract, let's say, a better uh, life or a better career or more money or a better love. And at any point when you're journaling and it starts to feel that it's not possible, put the pen or the pencil down and sit with that feeling and talk, talk to it like a visitor and say, why don't you think this is possible for me? And then change the narrative. Mm. I love that so much. Talk to your feelings like a visitor. And, and I think that also whenever you are in that space, you honestly feel like it will never leave. These negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, they are never leaving. And I know whenever I was in the deepest part, people were saying it gets better. It just takes time. It's da, da, da. I didn't believe a word of it. I did not believe any of it. I, I mean, to me, it's kind of, it's kind of like whenever I get sick, if I'm really sick, I feel like, oh, I'm never getting better. <laughs> like there's, there's no, there's no light at the end of this tunnel. I'm not going to die. It's just, this thing's going to last forever. I mean, it just, you just kind of get that attitude. And so I think that to know that, that no, there, there is, there is something on the other side. And these feelings are just visiting. They don't have to become ingrained in who you are, but the danger is they may not be a visitor. If you invite them for tea and then you invite them to move in, you've got to make sure you kick them out and you say, listen, you're just visiting. Remember your time's up, get out of here. <laughs> you know, yes, that's super important. And I love that. And that comes with doing the inner work when you let them know that they're just visitors. They're just, just visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, what's it look like? Like when someone starts to work with you, like, do you take them through these similar steps? Um, what's the process like? Well, the very first thing is I, I like to know where they're coming from and what, what things would help them. So I ask them questions and we talk about it. It's so important for me to make this personal. It cannot be cookie cutter. It's got to be what this person needs. And, and I've worked with enough women to know, uh, to see patterns and to say, okay, this is, this is this type of person. She's probably going to look for this, but you know, I really, I really like to get to know that. And so then we kind of, we, we, we develop, uh, I develop a little bit of a plan for them based on what they've said. And it is, it, it's interactive, but then, then what we do is I start giving them challenges pretty early on and just mindset challenges, but actual action steps. So my coaching is very action oriented because I feel like that is the best way to move on. You can have those thoughts and feelings, but you need that action. And so I develop those action steps, those things that make you a little bit uncomfortable. I find out what, what areas are they really struggling with? So for instance, I had a woman not that long ago that was really struggling with sleep. And so I helped her on how to get better sleep. Um, you know, the, the women that I talked about who didn't want to get out of their house, I started giving them these challenges to get out and small things. And so, so when, when you coach with me, I develop a plan that's specific for you. It's eight weeks. And that is the time that I found that really helps 
uh, women the most is if you take this full eight weeks and I, you know, I, you know, Jackie, I guess this is the time if I'm going <laughs> to do it, but I just want to say that I, I still hear from clients I've had years ago that will just text me out of the blue and say, Hey, you know, that one thing that I used to do, I want you to know, I'm still not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm able to do that. And so it's changing lives. And I, it's, it's like the biggest honor of my life, Jackie, to be a part of this because I, I don't want women to suffer uh, as you know, I want them to not be bitter. I want them to, to grow and get better and have these really full, rich lives. And it's, it's so much fun and so rewarding. Well, that's why I love having these conversations because I feel like as women, um, and this is, and this is a, a topic that I'm, there's a mix here, right? So I do believe that, um, there's masculine feminine energy. And I do believe, you know, you have to know your energy and you have to know which energy you're comfortable in. And if you want your masculine to lead. Um, however, I also don't believe that if you're in a relationship, you know, it, you as the woman should have the pressure of the relationship um, because that's what we're taught to do to keep the marriage together and look the other way. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I also know that you deal with like stress, stress management. And I'm curious to hear if, any of the techniques that we've discussed so far, are they similar or, or how can someone manage the stress in these moments? Yeah. So it really depends on what kind of stress that they're dealing with. Uh, one of my clients right now, her, her stress is really from illnesses that she has. And then it becomes cyclical because she has so much stress. It causes her more more pain and discomfort. And then that causes her more stress. So anyway, so we've worked on just lowering her stress and, and reframing what she's going through. And then I have other women who have, you know, stressful jobs and uh, they need help in dealing with difficult people and some tips on that. And they need, um, they need advice to uh, get out of their comfort zone to ask for more of what they need, you know, so really does depend on the individual woman. I, I just, I see that so often. Uh, sometimes I deal with people who they don't have the confidence, which causes them stress. And so it depends. Ooh, on can we talk about that? I love that. Yeah. You Absolutely. said that and I felt like this burn in my body to ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I love that. That's powerful. The stress from not being confident enough. We don't talk about this enough as women or as um, people because men have this too, right? A lot mm -hmm. of men um, have confidence issues and it turns into anger and the same thing with women. So can you go into this like how can someone understand that, you know, first it's identifying the problem, right? So how mm -hmm. can someone understand I am stressed because I am not confident? What are their specific mm -hmm. signs? Yes. Okay. So first of all, it's recognizing that you're stressed at all. You have to do that. So you have to kind of ask yourself, um, do you do you come home and say something like this? Oh my gosh, everybody was on my nerves today. <laughs> really? You know what that means? It means it's you. <laughs> You're the common denominator. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. the problem. <laughs> so becoming aware. And then also I'm really big on becoming aware of your own body. For me, whenever I'm experiencing stress, my shoulders will tense up before I even cognitively understand 
that I have stress. And that has to do, you know, with our amygdala and we won't get into all of that, but um, we, our bodies react first. And so paying attention and really looking at that and, you know, am I snapping at people, you know, do I, do I have less patience than I once had? I mean, all of these things you have to realize, okay, is this happening? And then you recognize, oh, okay, I'm feeling stress. And then you start realizing why am I feeling stress? Once you realize, all right, I'm feeling this stress, then you can deal with it. And then what you do is you take it situationally. You take it, uh, what's going on right now? Why am I feeling this stress right now? Oh, I am about to give a presentation or I'm giving a presentation in three weeks and I can't stop thinking about it. I mean, what is causing you stress? And a lot of times it is that lack of confidence and, Uh and becoming aware that, okay, because this scares me, this makes me nervous. I know what's going to happen here. Um, then you're going to have more stress. And, and here's a small example, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, I like to go to events and meet people. And I also just love meeting people. <laughs> it's fun for me, but there are people who going into that sort of environment makes them really nervous. And, and so realizing, oh, right. So now I'm going to reframe it. So then I'm, I'm more confident and I work with them to say, okay, what would a confident person do? It's kind of like, you want to be thin. What, what do thin people do? What are their habits? You want to be successful. What do successful people do? So what do confident people do? What do they look like when they enter a room? Even if you don't know for sure their inner thoughts, what do they look like? If you think they look confident, what do they look like? And so start doing those things and those actions will will get you to that next level. But one of the big things that I teach about, about um, confidence is one of the things I have people do is what I talked about earlier for stress management and confidence is to get out of that comfort zone. Because the more you do things that make you uncomfortable, then when the uncomfortable things happen, they're easier. And I'll give you a quick story on this. I, I had been in the habit for a while of doing these confident things. I had been um, getting out of my comfort zone. I had been coaching people on these things and, and I love it. I love doing things that make me a little uncomfortable. You know, when you have that thought of, should I, should I, yes, I'm going to. (laughs) So that those are fun for me. Well, I was watching a friend of mine present and I was in the back of her room and she, she was obviously in the front and she said, Hey, Susan, there were about 60 people in the room. She said, can you bring one of those chairs up here for me? And so I'm like, sure. So there were two doors into the room. So I go out one door that was in the back of the room and I come in the front of the room in the front door and I put the chair down on my way out. My high heel catches (laughs) and I go flying (laughs) and I am down on the ground and there's these 60 people. Of course, (laughs) no one's watching the speaker anymore. They are watching me. And so I jump up, I put my hands in the air straight up and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and they all just start laughing. You, you owned the moment. 
you yes. it. it was your moment and you decided what you were going to do with it. That is such a powerful example. <laughs> and I love that. I love that so much because that's Thank the thing, you. right? We get to decide. So whether it's confidence, whether it's stress, it's really about deciding our reaction to what's going on in our lives. So I think that was a perfect example of something so minor Um, But something so minor, you can turn around into something so big, whether it's minor, whether it's big, whether it's traumatic, whether it's Mm -hmm. stress, you get to decide, we get to decide our reaction to the problems. So yes, and and that's, that's a lesson in and of itself, for sure, right? Because our reactions are huge. But I will tell you that if I had not gotten into the habit of getting in these situations, I would have been wanting to crawl out of that room. I would have definitely turned red. I would have been super embarrassed. I may have cried, but I didn't feel embarrassment at all. No embarrassment, no red face, not at all. I had fun in the moment. Like you said, I own the moment. But you bring it to another thing about, you know, we're going to decide our reaction. So when it comes to being confident, because we can, you and I, seriously, we could talk all day about, about deciding our reaction. There's so many ways we can go, but, you know, making that decision, I am going to be confident. I am going to be confident. Wait a minute. I am confident. I can do this. There's no reason why I can't do this. And I especially want to speak to women on this, but it's for men, certain men too, but, you know, men are more apt to go for a job when they don't meet all the qualifications than a woman. So, so I remember this particular woman in one of my workshops and she said, as I do workshops too, but she's like, she said, there was a job and I was not completely qualified for it. I had certain qualifications, but not everything. And I really debated. I thought, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And I didn't for a long time, but it came open again. And I finally decided I'm going to go for it anyway. And she got it. Whereas a man looks at this and says, oh, I don't have the right education. I'm going to go for it and let's see what happens. And so I think for women to make that decision, I'm not going to be held back anymore. I'm going to have that confidence to do those things. And so making that decision is, is huge. Women, we, we tend to relive our pain more than men. And so I just, I, I want to put it out there. You know, it happened to you. It's not still happening to you. The memories are there, but our memories are so vibrant that it actually feels like it's happening to us all over again. And so for me, it's really powerful to just think, okay, hey, you know what? It's not, he is not cheating on me right now. (laughs) We are not married. He is not cheating on me. And I actually don't have to remind myself of that anymore because I've gotten to this really healthy spot, but I had to do that for a while. And I think as women, we just, we continually want to beat ourselves up and, and by having these memories. And so, yes, you're going to have things that you're going to be driving. You're going to see a billboard or something that reminds you of this person who hurt you or this traumatic event that you went through. That's fine. It's going to happen. That's natural. You can't block that. And you wouldn't want to, 
But what you do next is, is what we talked about earlier and you don't let it live there. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to do this. I think we had such a powerful conversation and um, Susan, can you just tell everyone how they can find you, your social media, your website? How can, how can they find Dr. Susan Harrison? Because I think um, Dr. Susan Harrison has a lot to offer. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, I find that the best way is if they just Google me, Dr. Susan Harrison, then they'll find all my information. Um, but I have a, a really easy website, drsusanharrison.com. And so they can go there. And I want to, I want to, I don't know if this is the time to, to tell you, but I want to offer something special for your listeners. Is that okay that I, that I do that now? Yes, of course. Okay, great. So I have an eight week class, which I already mentioned, and it's daily coaching, except weekends. I have boundaries, um, <laughs> but it's 2400, but for the eight weeks, but for your listeners, I want to give it to them for 1900. I want to give them a really good discount. And all they need to do is, is they can say, let's do this, which is kind of the, the code that I use for people. I'm like, let's do this. We can do it. Right. Um, or they can just say they heard me on your show. I mean, that's fine too. I just, I, I would love to have a conversation with people. I'm not going to charge you for just, you know, that first conversation. We can see if it's something that, you know, I think that I could help you with. Um, it would be my honor to help any of your listeners. It, and I guarantee that they would get so much attention from me and I, it would be my honor to help them. Thank you so much. That means so much. And I thank you so much for doing this with me. This was such um, a powerful interview and um, it's, it's definitely going to help so many people. So thank you so much for doing this with me, Susan. Yes, thank you so much, Jackie.